0: Welcome back to the Grace and Wrath podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome. In this series, we're telling Bible stories in chronological order and adding tips and commentary to help you share the gospel more easily and effectively. Today's story is entitled The Birth of Moses. The descendants of Jacob were called Hebrews or Israelites. Over the years, their numbers greatly increased in Egypt. They were treated well until a new pharaoh came to power who didn't remember Joseph or anything he did. This new Pharaoh felt he needed to do something about the Hebrews since their population was growing and they were becoming powerful. His first plan was to enslave the people and force them to make bricks and build cities. Still, the Israelites grew in numbers. So the Egyptians increased their workload and beat them. In spite of this, the Hebrew population continued to grow. Pharaoh thought of an idea of how to stop this. He told the midwives, When you help an Israelite woman deliver a child, Kill all the baby boys as soon as they're born. Only the baby girls are allowed to live. The midwives didn't obey Pharaoh. Instead, they feared God and allowed the boys to live as well as the girls. They told Pharaoh, The Hebrew women are much stronger than Egyptian women. They deliver their own children before we get to them. God blessed these women because they refused to kill the children. The Israelite population continued to increase in number. So Pharaoh issued a new law for the nation. Every Hebrew boy child is to be thrown into the Nile River. During this time of persecution, a boy was born to one of the Hebrew families. His mother hid him for three months, but it became more difficult with each passing week. Finally, she realized she needed to do something different. So she made a waterproof basket with the child inside and placed it in the Nile River among the reeds near the bank. The boy's sister was Miriam. She hid nearby to see what would happen to her brother. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to the river to take a bath. She saw the basket floating among the reeds and sent her servant to get it. When she opened the basket, the baby started to cry and she felt sorry for it. She said, this must be one of the Hebrew children. Miriam came out of her hiding place and spoke up. Do you want me to go find a Hebrew mother who can nurse this child? Yes, I'd like that go get a nursing mother. So the girl went and got her own mother, the mother of the baby. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, nurse this child for me and I'll pay you. When the boy was old enough, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter and the boy became her son. She called him Moses, which means pulled out, saying, I pulled him out of the water. Let's read Exodus 1, verse 17. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. It's due to the lack of fear of God that millions and millions of unborn children have been murdered through abortion. It is the lack of fear of God. I would also like to read verses 19 to 21 in chapter 1. And the midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. Okay, Uh, that was a lie, right? What does God say about lies? Well, let me just give you an example. Basically, are there times when lying is acceptable? This is, of course, a contentious issue. For example, most husbands would lie if an armed intruder asked if his wife was hiding in the house, right? If he said, uh, yes, she's under the bed, then he'd be enabling the murderer. You know, what would the husband say if he was forced at gunpoint to watch while the gunman abused his wife and then murdered her? Sorry, honey, I didn't want to tell a lie. Well, these scenarios are often brought up by the unsaved to justify lying. But God knows the difference between incidents like these to protect the life of innocent victims other than to protect someone's feelings and bold deceitful lies to protect oneself. There's a a big difference. Okay, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I would do whatever it takes to save my wife and my children. God is able to take the most tragic situations. I mean, we have a Pharaoh that's dictating all firstborn male children must die throughout the land and uh, i mean this is a horrific situation but god can take even this situation and work them for his own purpose i mean i'll refer you to romans 8:28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love god to those who are the called according to his purpose there, there's our consolation as christ followers God, God is in control. You've heard that term. Some people use that all the time. Just like, you know, what would, what would Jesus do? But there's meaning behind these things. God is in control. God is omnipotent. He's omniscient. Let's not forget that. Uh, We get, we get caught in the minutia of our lives. We get caught in the details, so to speak. And there's another term, the devil is in the details. That's so true. We can let the devil get us focused in on these little, little details when we really need to be focusing on the bigger picture, on God, on God's control and the overlooking of everything. We have to trust God on a daily basis and not feel we have to solve all of our own problems and solve them now. God will make things happen. God will make good out of our trials and tribulations. We just need to trust God and wait on God. If you haven't already, I encourage you to heed the Lord's call, turn from your sins, believe the gospel, and receive the gift of salvation that Jesus is offering you right now. If you like what you're hearing, please like and subscribe to the program, and please consider giving us a good review. It really does help. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Grace and Wrath, and on the web at graceandwrath.com. Thanks for listening. This is Mark signing off for now, so ride hard, pray often, and talk about Jesus wherever you go.